HKY1, ladies and gentlemen. Hong Kong year one. <laughs> what is going on? We are live from an undisclosed location. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're in the same room. We are in the exact, we are in the same quantum realm. Wow, wow. This, this is, when was the last time we sat in the same room to do this podcast? This is truly an amazing event. When was the last time? 2019? 2019. 2019. Right? 2019. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a long time ago. Wow. I have to say that I feel slightly uncomfortable seeing this close to you, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Just... Well, yeah. To, to our listeners, we are a safe distance away from each other. You know, we're not. We're not contracting <laughs> uh, cooties. We're not sharing any germs. So don't worry about us. We're well, fine. according to the Hong Kong government, it doesn't matter anymore because that we is true. We no longer have to wear masks. That is very true. As of the first of March. 2023 was it i think so yeah yeah i think so wow so how, well there you go hello hong kong it's all it's, you know it's open it's open everything's open so what was your first um since they removed the mask mandate so therefore we can we have a choice whether you have to wear a mask or don't have to wear a mask how have you taken it so day one day one so you can imagine this picture this picture this everyone at home picture this for three years we have to wear masks in, out in public in buildings, in schools, and all of a sudden, overnight, they removed it. Bang. So, when you woke up on that morning where the mask mandate was removed, and you had to step outside the door for the first time, how did you feel? Go. I felt fantastic. Well, it was actually the, the night before, on the 28th of February. Mm. Uh, I was coming home from, from basketball. It was pretty late. Nobody was wearing a mask already. Out where I live. So what time was this? This was, this was around 8 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Yeah, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. On the way back uh, on the trains, I, I saw you know, some people were wearing masks. Uh, out in the open, definitely nobody had masks on already by that point. But first, come 1st of March, uh, in the morning, I was, I was getting a train to work. 80% of people, 90% of people I saw were still masked. Same, exactly. Same. So when... Um well, for me, <laughs> when I went out, eventually, it was it was strange. Everyone was kind of giving each other like yeah. strange looks. I think the looks were it was it was a mixture of, "Wow, I see you on the bus every single day, and this is the first time I've seen your that's face." That's what you look like. And that's what you look like. I've seen you on the bus, and I thought, "Oh yeah, you must be a really handsome guy." And I like, damn, yeah. man, put that put that nope. mask back on. Nope. <laughs> And people were just feeling a little bit uncomfortable because, like I said, it's been three yeah. years. And, um, hey, look, for me, I felt a bit, it was a bit strange at first, but after about 10 minutes, I felt fine. This is the way it's yeah. supposed to be. Oh, for me, for me, day one, without a mask, uh, I felt uncomfortable only because everyone else around me was wearing one. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that whole thing about conforming. Right? Yeah, just, I just felt a bit bare. Do you feel naked? I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you feel bare, right? That's bare. Word for naked. Yeah, bare, naked, you know, same thing. Yeah, well, yeah, not bare naked, but uh, yeah. But you, um, felt, you, you, you felt uh, face naked. Face naked, yes. And then, yeah, like you said, people give you these looks, right? Um, but hey, uh, fast forward, it's been, it's been a week and a bit now. And when you, when you look outside, 50%, I would say, 50% of people are masked. 
I think it's, it's I think it depends on where you go, mate. Um, I know that um, maybe obviously in Central, the more of like the the uh, the financial district within Hong Kong. Definitely, I've seen like probably about thirty percent, twenty five percent of people wear masks. However, when you go further, further, further out away from the central areas, more people are wearing masks. And we're not talking about just on the trains or on the buses. We're talking about out in the open. Yeah, I realize that too. I was, I was just thinking to myself, why is that? Maybe it's because when you're at work, for example, in the office, nobody, nobody's wearing masks now. So you're amongst people who don't wear masks. And I, I like to think that other companies are the same. But interestingly enough, I know um, one of my colleagues at work, uh, their uh, their wife is a teacher, and he was just sharing a couple of pictures of, uh, of she, so she's a teacher in the local school, and uh, she sh- and he shared a couple of pictures of uh, the class, you know, the class, and they also went on a field trip as well, and every single pupil was wearing a mask inside the classroom. Still? Yep. And every single people, I'm talking about maybe 60 kids, they took a group picture outside and every single one of them was, was wearing a mask. Yeah, that's... that's and I point. asked him, I said, hey, why is this? Like, look, I'm not criticizing, I'm not saying they should or they should not be wearing a mask, but I just wanted to try and understand. And he just basically said to me that, hey, look, it's been such a long time and you know what teenagers are like and these young adults... They maybe use it to kind of hide their emotions as well. Okay. They don't want to maybe show their emotions. They hide it. And he was trying to figure it out from what his wife has told him. And they just basically came to the conclusion that, hey, teenagers, and they just shrug their shoulders. That's, that's, okay. I, I guess that's just going to take some time for people to get used yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's going to take time. And more comfortable. Mm. But it, yeah, like like you said, we're not criticizing here. Right? It's just um, this is the the new way Hong Kong is is treating things, right? If it, it's very abrupt, I suppose. But this is the way it should be. It should be down to choice. Yeah, it should be choice, right? So if we are, and this is the way it should have been years ago, where people have the choice whether to wear a mask or don't wear a mask. If I see people wearing a mask, I'm not going to criticize them or question them because. Hey, look, I don't have to. It's up to me. Yeah. It's the same way if someone is wearing a mask and they start questioning me or criticizing me, I'll just look at them and say, hey, look, we have a choice. No one's right. Nobody's wrong. It's up to you. Simple. Yeah, I've noticed most restaurants, people are still masked. I mean, the, uh, the people that work at restaurants. Yeah, I think that's something that's going to be, that's going to stick around a long time for, for after a while, for a while right? just yeah. because they interact with so many people. People go in and out, and um, it's the same in Japan. In Japan, uh, wearing a mask was the norm. Like, if you go to bars or restaurants, usually the waiting staff are, do wear masks. And in the kitchen, it's, so, it's, it's hygiene, right? Yeah, you don't want to be on the news headline, right? No, of course not. Yeah, spreading COVID. Because COVID, it, it, honestly, I have not heard the word COVID written in the news for the past couple of weeks now. Which is which is partly it's weird, it's strange, <laughs> strange. Anyway, that yeah, we're we're not gonna report on COVID either. Hey, <laughs> HKY one episode fifty, Aussie. Is this, is this episode fifty? This is episode fifty. 
Wow. In person, episode 50. Um, listeners, we, we've been planning for this for a while now. Um, but, uh, you know, life happens. So we're, we're in this amazing uh, uh, office space yes. where there's arcade cabinets. Studio. It's our studio space. That's what we have. <laughs> yeah. Evo Productions. You know, er- er- shout out to Eric, our producer. Yep. Thank you. Leading us in uh, to this amazing studio. Here we are. Undisclosed location. Don't try and find us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring at that arcade machine, Ozzy. I'm, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna terrorize you. When was the last time you played a game? Fighter? On, 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 yeah, it was the last time you played Street Fighter. Or when was the last time you've actually interacted with an arcade cabinet? Oh my god! Come on. I I can't remember. Too long. You remember driven those places where you used to like shove like coins into a machine to get it to work? Those uh, arcades. Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> to try and get change from the change machine. I I I don't know if arcades will ever come back. You know, when everyone has a gaming device in their pocket. Yeah, their phone, right? Yeah. That's their gaming device. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something different about being in an arcade, right? Like everyone's there playing kind of a, a finite number of games. Instead of an infinite number of games that you can get on your phone. Hey, look, it's, it's, it's the Gen Z situation, right? Like, I was schooled the other day, so I had I went to um, a work thing, and I was schooled on the difference between millennials and Gen Z, because I thought that, basically, that millennials... I thought millennials were basically <laughs> Gen Z, and Gen Z were basically... Gen Z. Gen Z were basically millennials, but I was told, like, no, 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 like, we're millennials... The Gen Zs are the ones who basically do not know about, they don't understand things such as like floppy disks and they don't understand anything before the apps came online. I I don't know what a floppy disk is. What are we talking about, mate? Shut up, up, mate. (laughs) Shut up. Floppy disk. And they'll explain to me. So everything's like they've got really short attention spans. They have this thing about entitlement and they don't have, they don't understand life before the smartphone. Okay, so you're just you're basically describing yourself there. Shut your mouth, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, but think about it. It's true. So just now, circle back to what you're saying about arcades. You know, arcades sure. sitting next to each other, playing and interacting, interacting with each other. Those that's a forgotten art form, mate. Along with things yeah. such as like even like dating, right? Because you got dating apps. We don't need to go out and actually interact with people. Yeah, physically. that I I don't. You just yeah, sit at home on your sofa. That's incredible. That is incredible. And swipe, 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 you know, and interact on your phone first. And then eventually you will meet that person face to face, which will probably be a very, very awkward conversation. And that other person may not be the person you think they are. It's crazy. That that <clears throat> brings me to, to a conversation that I had with someone who is Gen Z. Okay. Uh, he was telling me that he, he, he came to realization that he has an addiction to his phone. He just can't. He can't put his phone down. <laughs> he just. How did he come to that conclusion? Because <laughs> so, so he so it sounds funny, but he was he was telling me he, it, it is funny, he mate. Was really serious. Oh, he was being serious. He was being serious because he recently uh, lost some friends because of it. What do you mean lost some friends? So what he what he deleted their con- he deleted the contacts from his phone by accident or something? These people unfriended him. Because right? because he's on his phone all the time, he like twenty four seven. He's his priorities are more responding to something on the phone, looking at Twitter, looking at 
you know the, the next update, posting stuff on Facebook, getting those likes over anybody else, any other human being. Interesting, interesting. But he's definitely not in the minority. He's not. He's not. No, a lot of people have this issue. Right? How often do you how, how often do you lock your phone away? Um, I think I probably when I get home. When I get home from work, I put I put it to one side. Well, I put I don't turn it off, but I put it on one side. I put it on the on the side table or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And I never ever bring it out during um, for something meal times that type of thing. But for us, our generation millennials, I think that's kind of it's easier for us to do that. But for the Gen Z people, as I've been schooled on. Shout out to the person who schooled That's how they grew up. Right? That's all they know. That's all they know. Yeah. Their life is inter- interconnected to their virtual life, if that makes sense. So your friend said that he lost friends. You know, not RIP, they're still alive. But basically, yeah. they just blocked him or unfriended him on social media. And he counts that as being, no, as no, losing them. No, not just social media, but also just like, you know, what I'm talking about. Because of his habit. Yes. And they've said that to him. Yes. Because basically it's like me, me, um, I don't know, like if if I go out for a coffee with you and all I'm doing is I'm on my phone. Mm, I've I've experienced that. I'm not saying that you've, I'm not with you, (laughs) but I've I've experienced that with uh, a couple of of friends of mine. yeah. Yeah. And it is bloody, bloody annoying. There you go. There you go. And he, he, but I wouldn't unfriend them. But I wouldn't say I'm no longer going to be friends with you because you've got an addiction to your phone. Who knows what goes on like through Gen Z people? But maybe they maybe those friends are just boring. Maybe they haven't. <laughs> That's probably it. If they can't, you know, but this is the problem with kind of Gen Z because of the fact that they can't have a riveting conversation with each other. Yeah. They'll find it hard to be engaged. We just lost all of our Gen Z listeners. Sorry. No, I'm, 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 I'm not sorry, mate. I'm not sorry. I'm just, I'm just bringing the home truths. You know what I mean? But maybe that's the reason why. Because if you're having a conversation with somebody and it's engaging and it's interesting, why would you need to look at your phone? Because it becomes a habit, right? And <clears throat> it's just second nature. Do you remember when we, we, way back when, we went to a restaurant and they asked us to lock our phones away? I remember, I remember, I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. And I told him to, no, I didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) word. But that that was an interesting, even for for us uh, millennials, right, for myself, Mm -hmm. uh, I found that interesting because I was was turning to my phone, my pocket, every couple of minutes because I wanted to look something up or... um, No, they say if you look up your phone, you get a discount. I remember now. Yeah, it was that's a discount. Right. That's, a, that's right. It was a discount if we if we sit down and lock our phones away. Yeah, in this box. Yeah, and then we were like, "Oh yeah, sure, why not?" Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it, it became a really nice meal. Really nice. You know, I just don't. I don't see the problem. Like, I'm. I'm. I don't do social media as you, as you know, right? I don't see the problem of not having my phone around with me. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not. But as I said before. Maybe your friend is just basically not interesting. And maybe his friends that are unfriended him are not interesting as well. Hence why he keeps looking at his phone. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. 
conversation, the art of conversation is slowly dying. Yeah, it's all through text. It's all through text. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because text. I'm sure your friend can smash out an essay yeah. in, on WhatsApp. Right, literally, yeah. you can smash out an essay. Yeah. He, received, he would respond to me in a split second. Yeah. Always online, right? He's always online. I didn't even know. I, I didn't realize that until he, he said to me that he has an urge to respond to everything. No, actually, I okay. Maybe I can I understand where he's coming from on that point. In terms from a work perspective, from, from a work perspective, I can understand that when someone drops a message, and you feel that you have to come back with something, I I I get that. And there are times when. At work, people will send a message, or people will send or send an instant message. People will send an email, and I'm in the middle of something, and I stop it and I respond back. Because that's the work FOMO, right? So fear of missing out for work from a work perspective. You're like, oh, you know, I better get on get in on this conversation because of this project. Because so and so is part of it. You know, mm-hmm. That kind of that kind of thing. But that's uh, different, though, right? That's a work environment. It's very different from a social environment. Yeah, yeah, we respond to like no, because for the Gen Gen Zs or whatever, their world is all digital. It's all mushed together, right? Mm. Their socials there. Their work is there on this device on the interwebs. It's not like you and I, these dinosaurs, who come to undisclosed locations to record podcasts that only. <laughs> You know, five hundred thousand people listen to. <laughs> it's slightly different. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, look, no, I, I, no, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, and I think the. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just happy that I remember life before smartphones and before uh, social media. Thank God for that. Um, I feel sorry for your friend, as you know. I would not, maybe I feel sorry for him a little bit. I think he should just get rid of him. He's just not interesting. I'm not saying I don't know who this guy. Look, I, I'm just saying. I am just saying that he he is interesting when I speak to him. Um, when he's off his phone. When he's off his phone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I'll say is, I guess the, the first step is, you know, well done for realizing that it's a problem. So what is he going to do about it? We'll see. We'll see. What can he do about it? I don't know. Just lock your phone away. Detox, right? Yeah, so yeah, you need to have. That's what I said to him. Maybe go away somewhere without your phone. Yeah. See what happens. See if you can survive it. <laughs> Yo, but I've said this before. I've gotten rid of all social media off my phone because I thought that the fact that it's just a time, it's just a, yeah, it's just a time sink. You're just sinking time hours into just hours and hours. into just nonsense, absolute nonsense. And I'll throw Twitter in there. I'll throw Instagram that's in right. there. Facebook. Absolute waste of time. I'm sorry. Absolute. And I realized, I remember just something just clicked in my head. I said, this is, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I told the same story to, to my friend. Um, I was lucky to, to be around before the, those times, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a conscious decision not to get myself into it. Yeah. So, like, as you know, I'm not on socials. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, with the designers <clears throat> that put hours and hours and hours into the research and um, uh, of p- human behavior, mm. tracking people's eyeballs and mm. you know how they swipe, yeah, 
millions of dollars get put in millions of maybe billions research of dollars, funds yes. of, yeah of research and that stuff to keep your eyes glued on the screen yeah right <clears throat> and this is probably not mind-blowing to anybody but if you think about it why is uh, uh, why did facebook create this infinite scroll thing yeah, it's brilliant. So you right. can keep on it. You can keep scrolling yeah. forever. Like if on Instagram... Because there's no end. You just keep going, going, <laughs> going, going, going. And there's a thing where I have... I have a YouTube app. I've subscribed to a few um, like, uh, content creators around, you know, you know, football and basketball and stuff. <clears throat> but then at one point, I refused to subscribe to anyone else on YouTube. Now you're asking yourself this, but there's things that I like to watch on YouTube, but I don't want to subscribe to them because I would rather physically type in into YouTube what I want to see. It's like an extra step of effort. I don't want to make it easy for myself to easy just to go in and have everything displayed for me and start scrolling. I physically have to type in the channel I want to watch to view that content. That's smart. I don't want it to be fed to me. I don't want it to be fed on a plate. I want to go because it just adds that extra step and extra effort where I'll just say, do you know what? I haven't got the time to do this right now. Rather than it just being presented to me, notification on my phone. Hey, you've got this video from blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Tap now to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? And that, that is why Netflix is so successful. Because all, all people do is scroll through it. Scroll, scroll for about yeah. 15, 20 minutes and you end up watching nothing. <laughs> You end up watching nothing. It's, it's amazing. People just pay to scroll. It's, it's incredible. And I've recently, you know, got rid of my Netflix account. Um, Good for you. I'm free of, of Netflix. And there's ways of watching Netflix, obviously, for cheap. And there's things such as free trials, month, one month trial. So, for example, if Stranger Things season five or six comes out, you could just sign up for a month, for yeah, a for free yeah. for a month trial. Watch all the episodes and then cancel the membership. Mm. There's ways like that. So I'm not. I realize that there's no, there's not much things. Uh, I like Netflix, but I want to watch Netflix for the must see shows. Right, everything else in between, I don't care. Anyway, anyway, HKY one. So we are. A show about the latest news. We do reviews, and we're live from Hong Kong. Join us. My name is Vincent, and I'm Ozzy. Ozzy, that's me. Yeah, it, it only took us about twenty minutes to get to our intro. <laughs> you know, we're gonna start the show now. Our, our producer is like, he's over there somewhere. He's like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> We've been talking for how long? Twenty minutes about millennials, Gen Z. Oh and mask month mandates. Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah, every fortnight we discuss the new releases in the world of entertainment. Funny stories. Just be a little bit more enthusiastic about it, mate. Jesus, I'm falling asleep Plus over here. Eight, five, two. Oh, my word. This is enthusiasm, man. I am so enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. It really comes across. <laughs> yeah, we're the, num- we're the number one podcast in Hong Kong. You're damn right. Absolutely. Um... So clock, clock and flap, flappy, flappy, flappy bird. Cloak and flap. Cloak and flappy bird. Um, that happened. Yeah, it did. That happened. Yeah, it you, did. And were you were you the only Wu Tang Clan f- uh, fan that went? I know there were thousands of us out there, man. You know, all representing 
You're representing the clan. Shaolin, Staten Island, you know that. <laughs> it, it was crazy. But before I get into that, because I have my thoughts around the uh, performance of the Wu-Tang Clan, um, I can give you a run-through of... Because I was there, obviously, in a professional capacity to uh, bring back a report to HKY1. Absolutely. Okay? So, uh, first and foremost... Clock and Flap is the number one music festival in Hong Kong. It returned after a four-year hiatus due to the protests and also the um, the pandemic. It was very good timing as well um, because it was the week that they removed the mask mandate. It was also the first time Clock and Flap has ever been sold out. So they sold through all of their tickets. First time. First time ever. 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 Okay, so, you know, let that sink in for a minute. It's a Hong Kong music festival that's held over three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's held at the Hong Kong Harbour Front. So you have a lovely back uh, backdrop of the uh, of uh, Central, the financial district. And you have this big, massive festival right in the middle of it, which I think is around, you know, it's about 20,000 people. It's a thousand and thousand people. It's massive. There's one main stage and one, two, three, four, Four, five uh, little stages dotted around the um, the venue. Yeah. Okay. So it's along the Hong, Hong Kong Harbour Front. It takes up a massive space. It stretches maybe like half a mile or a mile. It's quite big. The space they have out there, which is prime real estate. I'm waiting for the time they're going to announce they're going to build <laughs> a few uh, towers on that. But let's wait and see. Um. So yeah. So I attended the the main headline act for the headline act on Friday was Arctic Monkeys. If you don't know who Arctic Monkeys are, then um, don't worry, you're not missing out. They're a British band. Wow. They're a British band. Wow. <laughs> Usually, they, they, they were quite big. Let's say oh, I don't know. Was it? They were peak. The peak of their power was basically 2013, 2014, around there. Those were the peak of their powers. And then on Saturday, you had the Cardigans. So the Cardigans were famous for that song that featured in Romeo and Juliet. I think, love me, love me, say. I'm not going to sing the rest of that. Thanks, You for... just gave me that look. I'm not singing <laughs> that. So they, were on, they came out on Saturday. So they were right. Um, and then Sunday, which was the biggest surprise, were the, were the Wu-Tang Clan. So they were headlining on Sunday. I think they were headlining the whole event. So... Overall impressions. First and foremost, um, Friday, I went down there around about six o'clock on Friday, half six. So you went the full three days, right? Full three days, yeah. So the event starts at two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So there's a lot of things for, for you know, families and little workshops and little and DJs and stuff during the day. But when the sun goes down, that's when the creeps come out, as they say. <laughs> So I went down there. I'm not a creep. I went down there at six o'clock on Friday, and the the queue stretched from tier from pier ten all the way back to pier six. It was a massive queue to get in because that was the time that you get your wristbands for sure. for entry. So it was a backlog. So I took it took me about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes to get into the place. That's not too bad. Not too bad. From the people you saw, I thought I was going to yeah. be stuck out there for an hour. But I knew friends that took, it took them about 40 minutes to get in. Okay? So once inside, trust me, man, I have never seen so many people in one space in Hong Kong for in such a long time. I was actually taken back by it. It was insane. It was, everyone was in good spirits. Um, That's good. 
you know, it was, almost, it was a celebration. It was, it felt like a, it was, it was a celebration. The atmosphere felt like, look, we've done it, we've made it. If you, if yeah. you know what I mean, after all the this nonsense with the pandemic, it felt like everyone was looking at each other, and said, "Yeah, we did it. We here, we made it. We survived." Um, in terms of the organization itself, there were there's food tents and drinks tents. Um, the drinks, the to get a drink from the bar was an absolute shambles. Shame on you organizers it took about 45 minutes just to get one drink the queue was 20 men deep <laughs> it was insane it was insane you're gonna fight your way through the crowd so you know, you know people you know people are respectful and people will wait but if you were to do that in, in the uk people would be fighting through the crowd yeah. to get a drink so it was 40 45 minutes that was absolute shambles the people that were manning the bar i think they were probably trained up five minutes before they opened the venue it wasn't that good um, but apart from that, the food, expensive, overpriced, you know, a pizza that would typically cost, pizza, pizza Express showed their faces there, that little tent there. Um, so I, I said to myself, all right, let me go over there and see what to expect. <laughs> shame on, shame on Pizza Express. They were selling pizzas there for guess how much they were selling one pizza? 120. Guess again. This is a pizza. More? One this is one pizza. One four slice. slices. Four slices. Four, sli- oh, four okay, slices four, equals one okay. pizza. Three hundred. Two hundred and eighty. Two eighty. That was close enough. Two eighty. Now these are smaller than the regular pizzas you'll get in Pizza Express. Right. Right. Because they have to bring in a, a mini oven. They have to bring in an oven and all that stuff nonsense. And I was like, shame on you, Pizza Express. This is nonsense. This is expensive. <laughs> but yeah, but I still bought one. <laughs> I yeah, was hungry. People are gonna be hungry. I was hungry. And um, by f- Sunday, the prices went up to 290. What? I kid you not. What? 290. It just felt like increasing the cost on the spot. Like, there's no. It was insane. It was insane. But. There's a lawsuit within itself just, just there. But anyway, you know, hopefully I wasn't the only one who fed this back to organizers. So, um, you know. But however, in terms of drinks, there were water fountains there. So you can fill up your sure. bottles with um with water if you bring your bottle in there so yeah. it's fine um music look i'm not a fan of the arctic monkeys so right they they could have been standing right next to me playing i wouldn't even yeah. notice but they're on the main stage they were the headline act on friday it was okay people enjoyed it you see fans there so like cool 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 um that was day one day two was more of the same however it seemed like the bars you know got their act together and it was a lot quicker, a lot quicker. And the main headline was the cardigans, and I don't think we stayed till the end because I look, I'm done with them. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But people enjoyed it when they played their hits. People literally rushed to the main stage and yep. enjoyed it. Um, come Sunday now. Come that Sunday was, now. That was the main reason you. That was the only reason why I went to Cock and Flat because yeah. of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Now, before the Wu Tang Clan showed up, um. We discovered a drum and bass tent, which okay. was absolutely insane. It was awesome. Inside? Inside. So you had to go kind of like to, towards the end of the, of the site. And it was a tent, big tent, packed out. And they were banging out drum and bass tunes. And everyone was loving it. Absolutely loving it. That was fantastic. And that was a good like warm up to the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so, so show up on stage. So come, so come, Wu Tang Clan. So come, Wu. So come, Wu Tang Clan. So yeah, come on, let's go, let's go, Wu Tang. So turned up. So we were also talking about okay, who's gonna turn up for the Wu Tang Clan? 
are we going to see the full roster of, of course you will of, of eight members of the Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> rest in peace ODB but eight members of the Wu-Tang Clan so it started and the RZA came out who's like kind of like the uh, the leader you say leader in inverted commas for the Wu-Tang Clan he turned up um, then I saw Inspector Deck he turned up then I saw Master Killer he turned up and I think it was Capadonna as well who's not really a member and oh, so they so they just rolling at different times no they all turn up on stage at the same time so first and foremost they're on time which i was surprised about then i realized that they're old men now so usually of course they're old men now they're gonna go to bed soon so if they want to turn up so they can leave right they're jet lagged as well exactly so master killer turned up you god turned up and it was it was okay it was okay but then you have to talk about the people that didn't turn up so this we talk about the a tier Wu-Tang members so there was no Raekwon the chef there was no Ghostface Killer there was no Method Man there was no Jizza so we're talking about the the A-team members if, if the A-team was going to be here you know first of all I don't think you'd be able to get in <sighs> mate it was it would probably draw like a an even bigger crowd um but uh no sorry please. so so the set itself was only 45 minutes. Okay, yeah. Previous headliners, like the Arctic Monkeys or the Cardigans, did at least one hour ten. Mm. So I'm standing there thinking, not just me, other people standing there thinking, like, wow, man, they're, they're literally just, fl- they're flown in 45 minutes, probably picked up a nice check and flown out again. Yeah. And they didn't even bring the whole squad. It was That's- literally, it was Wu-Tang leftovers. It was Wu-Tang light. <laughs> It was Wu Tang Light, <laughs> mate. That's what it was. It was Wu Tang Light. But then, but then, then hold, hold it, hold it, hold. But then I said to myself, "But this is okay for Hong Kong. This was okay for Hong Kong." Okay, you're being very nice, but okay. Of course, if they did the same thing, forty-five minute set with Wu Tang Light in the middle of London, you get protests, mate. They would have stormed the stage. Yeah. But it was okay for Hong Kong. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It was okay for Hong Kong. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah, you, you, you cut him some slack, I guess. But t- tell us about the crowd. I mean, I'm, I'm sure 80% of the crowd were Gen Zs. Do you know what? The Cardigans, Arctic Monkeys, Wu-Tang Clan, they were at the top of their powers maybe 10, 15 years ago. Right? Yeah. So it's going to be mostly millennials. Right? Even to show up at this this event, yeah, of course, it's the millennials who are picking up the bill for this event because they're the ones who are paying paying the big bucks to listen to these old bands. It's a strategic thing. They wouldn't, they would not, they would not book out the latest and greatest because these Gen Zs won't be even able to afford it. They'll probably just stream it from home. Interesting. I didn't think of it that way. That is why. That is why. That is very interesting. You're right because in my mind, being an old man. I would. You have the income. Pay yes, an arm and a leg back when I was younger to try and get into to an event like this. Yeah, but Gen Zs these days they would rather just sit at home and make money off Bitcoin. Well, yes, that's a lot of people that were there were of our age. Obviously, millennials. You guys at home could figure out the ages, and therefore they remember when these bands like it's nostalgic back to their childhood or when they're in high school and then university. Yeah. 
and therefore the organizers are obviously appe- appealing to these um, individuals because they get paid a lot more. That's really they have bigger disposable income. They are willing to spend, I don't know, $2,000 or is willing to spend $300 on a pizza from Pizza Hut. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So can you disclose how much you paid for these tickets? So a weekend ticket, a weekend pass for three days was 1500 Okay. And that was the, I think, but I missed out on the early bird. I think if you got the early, early bird tickets, it may have been around $1,000 if you got you went for the early bird tickets. Students, uh, cheaper, I think it's around 700 for students. Sure, I mean, that's not too bad. Hey, look. It's 700 bucks for a student, that's, yeah. that's expensive. Hey, but look, I think it was, in to sum up, it was good. It was okay for Hong Kong. It was good it was for Hong okay. Kong. Yeah, it was good for All Hong right. Kong. All right. Pick up the festival and put it anywhere in the West. No good. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Hong Kong, where after everything that we've been through, it was good. It was okay for Hong Kong. Yeah, well, you know, at, at least they made it happen. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, surprised that they were able to pull it off in such short notice. Right, of, of things opening up. Yeah, I just hey, look, I think it's um, it was good. It was exciting. No, well, I'm mm-hmm. excited. I'm 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 excited to see you know what's to come. Right, like, apart yeah. from hopefully Wu Tang Light, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, don't come back <laughs> unless you bring the full squad. That's the only thing I have to say. That will never happen. <laughs> I can't afford it. I'm gonna have to charge you like two thousand or three yeah, yeah. The, to book the all, all nine clan or eight clan members rest in peace ODB it will cost a lot of money yeah interesting there you go you know many more events to look forward to yep yep Creamfields and uh, Rugby Sevens end of the month are you going to report back uh no <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a professional no 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 the budget HKY1 budget doesn't stretch <laughs> that yeah, much. we're we're kind of we're kind of thin <laughs> on the budget side of things. Uh, we are we are yeah we are in a very nice studio though. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're gonna we're we're gonna end the show here. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Episode fifty, uh, March the eleventh. Crazy town. Crazy town, Aussie. Crazy town, man. Crazy. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>